This is the Adirondack Books and Beyond Podcast. Here we go. Oh, what a hog! <laughs> Take him, Corey. Out of boy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Adirondack Bucks and Beyond podcast. Today it's just a short crew. Brad and I are sitting in his basement. No one else could make it out tonight, but we wanted to get a podcast out to you guys because we've been a little vacant over the last few months. Been a while. Yep, yep. I've been busy with the internship, as everybody knows, and uh, everyone else just been busy with work and all that other good stuff. Kids running around now. and <laughs> So... I think today we're going to focus on, I'm going to tell my buck story from this year, um, and then just kind of, as usual, wherever the conversation leads. <laughs> so, Also, we don't know how it will go. We've never done, well, actually, Corey and I did a two-man podcast once up at camp. The first one ever, right? It was either the first or the second one that we ever did. It was just Corey and I. But I'm pretty Brett, sure it was the first. <laughs> Yeah, might, it might have been. With rain on the tent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was yeah, the first. Was awesome. But Brad and I are going to give this a shot, and uh, I guess you guys will tell us what you think. Um, yeah, so I'll just jump right into my buck story. It was November 12th, right? Sounds about right. It was November 12th. Um, I had literally the one day to hunt, and I had to leave that afternoon to head to New Hampshire um, and go film. So I got the okay from Brett and uh, John, and they're like, yep, go ahead, go out for the day. And I was like, sweet. And actually, shout out to Steve Champa because I messaged him that morning, and I said, uh, I said I'm going to kill one today. And he said, all right, send me a picture when you do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so well, I got to stop you for a second because we're missing a lot of good backstory to this first. So this was a spot. We, we, the beginning of the season was really warm. And uh, we'd been burning up some of our good stuff, and uh, I finally got the itch to just go try something new. So I I found this new place on the map, and I went and hunted it once by myself. Or maybe you came with me the very first time I was in there. Mm, no, you came nope, the next day. Because you went there three times, I went there twice. Right, so I went there once by myself, and I think I was going back the very next day, and that was when you came with me for the first time. Yes. And you went to this particular mountain, and you liked it a lot. You found a bunch of scrapes up in there, right? Yeah, so I guess I'll restart my story. of where is, Yes, yeah, you brought up a yeah. good point. So as, as Brad said, he was in there. I went with him the next day, and this was like a week and a half prior to going back in there when I killed That's my buck. That's about right, yeah. Um, so we go in there. It was like kind of a warm, crunchy day, if I'm remembering right. The leaves yeah, were pretty I loud. I mean, there was nothing no, special Nothing really it. going on. Um, and I hiked back uh, not far from the parking lot, probably only, I guess the farthest I got was maybe a mile and a half or something something like that. And uh ended up going to this one mountain, a couple terrain features I had picked out that I wanted to go look at, and I found a beautiful scrape line. I mean, this scrape line ran for – 300 400 yards probably and there was it was like scrape scrape rub 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 like and one of those just picture perfect like bucks are using this like coming back to check this because they're all fresh and they're all massive scrapes and that was a really big deal at the time because we were not, not seeing nope. sign during the early part of this deer season no I mean, and the buck sign was minimal yeah and when we were finding sign it was very very pocketed like everywhere else i had been except one other place that I'd gone with Brett that day, mm-hmm. all the sign that we had found was just, just so pocketed. Like that's the only word I could think to describe it. Like you'd come across just like maybe like three or four rubs with like two scrapes and then it would be nothing. 
and then you go another mile and a half, and then maybe you find some. But this was like this was just a continuous scrape line, and I was like, this is the best thing I found all year, basically. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I follow that scrape line the rest of that day, and end up working around the the mountain that borders that that mountain and uh came up with nothing i think we might have you might have kicked up a deer that day right yeah i kicked up in that swamp so we had that and then it was about a week and a half later and we were like it's gonna be perfect conditions it was rain wind and uh just a nice damp day that you would want to go still hunt around and i was like you know 99 percent of the time when we have that those conditions i'm gonna go still hunt around because that's just what we do we like to do sure and uh that particular day, I was I was like, you know what? I'm going to go sit this scrape line because it was that fresh. Yeah. And, and you was, were pressed for time that day. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't kill a buck before you know, noon, I basically had to pack up and get out of yeah, there. Yeah, it kind of honestly felt like one of those throw day, throw away type of uh, hunting days because uh, it wasn't going to be a day where we're like all out there together as boys. We're going to hunt right till dark. Like it was kind of like me and Corey were going to go poke around the back and you could only hunt for a little bit. So you had to leave soon. So right. it really yeah, turned it into was, a lot more than that. Yeah. So we go in there as Brad, Corey and I that day and uh, we had, uh, they had the canoe. You guys were towing the canoe into yep. a nearby pond and uh, making a whole bunch of racket going down the trail while I kind of sped off before them and... I was probably 150 yards ahead of him, and you know, a deer bumps off the trail of right where I was about to split off, and I and it wasn't me because I was standing still, so that deer had heard the noise of the canoe. So then Brad, Brad and Corey catch up to me, and I'm like, "You guys just bumped a deer right here," and uh, before I split off, we had the conversation that or Brad and Corey had mentioned to me, like, "Hey, take your time up through there because we might bump another deer from the sound of the canoe." dragging it up through here and i'm like okay so i start burning up this mountain like i'm i'm just cruising i'm like i just want to get to that scrape line like i just want to get there i had all the i had a a seat with me i had rattle and antlers like i was just hell-bent on getting there and for whatever reason in my head i was like i need to i need to slow down like i remember walking up through this exact spot last time and i'm like it looked like a perfect area for a buck just to be cruising around up there looking for a doe or whatever so I'm at this point. I I ended up shedding a layer, and uh, I I'm just taking it literally like five steps at a time, stopping, looking around, looking around, and I must have done that I don't know ten times probably, and I get to this one spot, and I I'm stopped there for about five minutes or so, looking around, nothing. And what do the woods look like to you? Like describe what the woods were looking like. The the woods it was like a hardwood spruce mix, like a bunch of low growing spruce, not real thick at all. Um, and it was just this big finger that ran up this mountain, the entire length of the mountain to the top, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm trying to think of like how else I could, there was this one certain spot actually that I had marked on the map, uh, the last time I was in there. And it's really, really odd there. It, it opens the woods just completely open up. It looks almost like someone had cut in there mm-hmm. like a long time ago, but it's not, it's just like where the ground, I guess, didn't have the nutrients to grow anything. And it's all mossy and right. in the middle of this open openness there's just a big scrape in there just one big scrape yeah. and it was really random and weird but like for, it just stuck out to me like it's so weird and there's a bunch of tracks in it and i was right below that so anyways i'm i'm stopped and i'm and i'm about to take the next step seriously i'm about to take the next step and all of a sudden i just catch a glimpse of a rack like just just kind of like almost like a sneaking like it looked like a like a 
cat sneaking up on on its prey. Like it was literally like soft steps, but it was moving at a steady pace. Mm-hmm. And I just caught the flash of his rack, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a buck. And I said, and this is no little Bingo. buck. Like, this is a nice buck. Yeah. And so I uh, I put I got my gun shouldered, and I put it probably about ten yards ahead of where it was going, and I had a gap in between these two trees. And uh, as soon as as soon as I saw Brown on the scope, I gave it the bop, and he didn't stop, and I gave him another bop, and he turned it, and he just turned his head and looked at me, and I uh, I took a shot, and to my disbelief, <laughs> I looked up, and he was rolling over on the ground, and I I had to go up to him and give him one more, um, but I ended up hitting him actually like right below the jaw on the first one. I mean, right. out of even though you were like holding on his chest, I, I was holding on his shoulder. Yeah. So I don't know if it was out of adrenaline or what it sure. was. I mean, I got him. Yeah, you <laughs> so, got him. Man. So that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome, and we actually so before I get too far ahead of myself. I'm standing up on top of this melon. I'm freaking out. This is my first Adirondack buck, and I am, yeah. I'm just through the roof at this yeah, point. he's a good one. And he's a good one. And uh, I, I get on the radio, and I'm like, you, guys, you got to get up here. You got to get up here. And I do nothing. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to drag. I'm gonna have to drag this thing out by myself. I'm like, these guys, <laughs> these guys are probably so far away. Right. I'm not. It's the beginning of the day, so they're, you know, they're still just heading off to wherever they're even heading. Yeah, and and. I'm also running through my head. I'm like, how didn't they hear that shot? I was like, I shot twice. How didn't they hear that? Yeah. They're, they're, you guys weren't far. No. And uh, so I'm I'm thinking of everything I can. I'm sticking the radio up in the air. Nothing's working. So I ended up going on a dead sprint up to the top, of, very top <laughs> of the mountain. And uh, finally, as soon as I get to the top of the mountain, I just hear static coming over the radio. And I'm like, oh, they, all right, I got them here. And I, what did I say to you guys when I – Yeah, we um... – I just want to backtrack a yeah, little bit. So we had, me doing. and Corey had pulled the canoe in, and we had it on these like uh, these two little this little wheeled contraption that was made for for putting on on canoes. So that was what was making all the racket. But we got it down to the pond, and uh, while we had just about got down to the pond, Corey stopped real quick while we were walking. He said, "You just hear somebody to shoot," and I have very good ears. I my like my hearing has never come into question. That canoe was just loud. Yeah, I hear turkey gobble plenty long ways off. Like that's not an issue. I did not hear anybody shoot. I certainly didn't hear you shoot twice. <laughs> yeah, you know. So like when Corey said that, I didn't hear a thing. So I said, "Oh man, I didn't. I didn't hear anybody shoot." And he's like, "Well, okay. Yeah, so whatever." So we we bring the kayak down or the canoe down, and we get across the uh, the pond to where Corey's going to drop me off to hunt. And I hop out, and it's this is all happening real quick. Like literally, the canoe you know, bumps into the tip of the shore, I hop right out and, you know, Corey's just going to kind of shove off and keep going. Like, we're just going to separate, hey man, like catch you a little bit. And when I jumped out, I said, hey man, let me just get a radio check real quick. And he goes, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So he's like pulling his radio out of his shirt to turn it on as mine's already been turned on. And I get on, I said, uh, I said, hey Bailey, you got a copy? And uh, I don't know if you missed me the first time. You might have. I think that was static I heard. Yeah, I feel like I came on again and said, Bailey, you got a copy? And uh, I knew he was within range to hear us. We weren't that far. And he was supposed to be heading up the mountain, like kind of on the same side of where the pond was. And uh, he just comes right back across the radio, and he's like, boys, get your asses up here. I just shot one. (laughs) And me and Corey just looked at each other with the biggest eyes. We were like, 
What? When I all I said, I think I just came back. And I was like, "You you shot one?" Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> and I was like, "Get up here! I just I just killed a ten pointer." Yeah, me and me and Corey were like, "Holy shit, man! <laughs> let's go!" We just hopped back in the canoe and we freaking start paddling our asses back across that. You pond. guys got up there pretty quick. <laughs> well, we were uh, we were pumped because we weren't that far from you, so yeah. we were like, "Oh my god!" Because me. me me and Corey were headed to the back of the pond, which was going to be a pretty good ways, and we were going to walk way back into these steep ass ravines. It's just nice. It looks nice. It was. There. Oh yeah. And not only would we likely have not gotten reception, you didn't have an in reach, and we we certainly would have never heard you shoot, and it would have been a son of a gun if you somehow did get us on the radio. It would have been such a long trek for us to get back to you, which of course we would have, but you just caught us at the best possible time. Yeah. Don't. Let me, I want to circle back to that that you brought that. Not now, but later. Uh, the reach thing. Yeah. Towards the end, we'll yeah, circle back definitely. Um, So yeah. we head back across the pond. Too. Yeah, so they head back across the pond, and they come up, and uh, actually, we'll have a video coming out here soon at some point. I'll have a video of my buck and Brad's buck. I don't know if it'll be same video or different video, whatever, but we'll have those videos coming out. Um so yeah, they they came up there and I had I had told them on the radio because I didn't want to get them like too pumped. I was like, it's not a giant, but it's it's a nice buck. And so Brad had told me afterwards, him and Corey were thinking like, oh okay, like it's it's like a decent little basket rack buck or whatever. You said you said he's a ten, but he's kind. Of, he's sh- I said he's short tined. Yeah, I just like, the way you described him, we were like, oh, that's kind of like kind of like a little small buck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they come they come running up and uh, we just kind of. Yeah, we kind of all just celebrated up on top of the mountain, basically, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, the, it was... dude, the anticipation, I flicked the, the – I initially – I'm always the leader in our group when we walk. Yep. Like, I just tend to be at the head of the pack, and these guys all just fall in behind me. I, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I just prefer to walk out front. You're a fast walker. I am. <laughs> um but so I'm doing that going up the mountain, and then I'm like, hey, this is this, you know, this is Corey's and his brother's moment. So I'm gonna yeah. let Corey, and I turn around to Corey, said, Corey, get ahead of me. The brothers. Yeah. So I <laughs> let Corey get ahead of me, so he could be the first to come up yeah. over the hill and see you. And I flicked my the recording on my phone, and dude, the anticipation as we're coming up that mountain to to see you and see the buck, and the season had been, you know, it's November 12th at that point, so. Consider we've been hunting really steadily since October first. We've been hunting with uh, firearms since October fourteenth ish, with the muzzle loaders right into the rifles. And dude, we were striking out big time. The buck sign was terrible. It had been super hot. Yeah, I wanted to mention that too before we go any further. Like I've had a whole bunch of people message me and be like, "Man, you guys are just killing it this season." And it's so funny when people get that perspective through social media by like you posting yeah. pictures of yeah. stuff like, "Oh, you guys are killing it." Like, my god, like we really weren't, dude. Like we were not. Anytime I, I mean, I was seeing a lot That's of deer. Why. Don't get me wrong. I've saw more deer this year than I have at any other year like Mm -hmm. every time i was going out i was seeing deer sure but like we were the farthest thing from having a good season we were actually talking about the whole time like man we just can't find them this year i would say i'd be very hard pressed to say that we had a good season yeah we shot two nice bucks but all the downtime in between that and that man that's why social media can Mm -hmm. get you it can get you putting weird thoughts in your mind and it can it can get you really down on yourself when you're struggling in the woods but hey we were too we were too. When I killed my buck, I I didn't have a thought in the world I was going to shoot that buck yeah. that day. It just happened. It's the funniest, and this is so funny. I actually came over to Brad's one, like, I don't know, what was it? A, was it the night before you killed your buck or a couple days before you killed your buck? It was within a couple days. And Brad and I had literally like an hour-long conversation about, and I was just like, you know, 
that whole season, like having a bad season, can change in two seconds. It can. And we talked about that for like an hour extensively, yeah. just going deep into it. Yeah. And then he goes out and kills that. We're just buck. like the rest of you guys, man. Like we struggled to find buck sign this year. Oh, yeah. Um, we were wasting our time in some areas. We were chasing bucks that we had on trail camera mm-hmm. that we could not catch up with from, you know, from years past yeah. um, that we know were alive this year. We were talking with other good hunters we know that are like successful year in and year out, and they were having a tough year. So it I mean, just it just happens. goes to show like you just have to be out in the woods hunting because you truly never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. It happens when you least but, expect it. It sounds so cliche, but that is just like the best thing anybody could no, ever I mean, say is it happens well, when you least expect yeah, it. Yeah, dude, and that's know? why hunting. I mean, that's why hunting is just so good on so many levels for you as for for us as as a person, dude. Mm-hmm. It just it teaches you perseverance and keep pushing, and you got to have the motivation, especially Be- up there. It's <laughs> a lot of work for something that a lot of times doesn't happen, and when mm-hmm. it does, it's so quick. It's like a and flash of pain. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was on. I literally was on cloud nine for. I still am on cloud nine. I know, about well, that and that's bunch. why it feels so good when it does happen. Is you can ride that high for a long time, but oh, yeah. but to get back to that, like you shooting that buck, I mean, I think that we are so like we're so excited for you, man, because we needed somebody to strike a little bit of success. Mm-hmm. And th- when we got up there, and in our minds. We're kind of expecting to see this like little seventy-inch basket ten pointer or yeah. something. I've seen some pretty tight, small rack little tents. Oh, like yeah. they're ten pointers, but they're really small oh, racks. Yeah. And when we came over the the hill, he had a beautiful rack. Oh yeah, I mean him, he's so. no giant by any means, but he's just one of those bucks where you look at and you're like, he's just a yeah. beautiful. Like yeah. dude, he's gonna look amazing up on oh, the Oh, he wall. is for the Adirondacks. He's exactly what you'd like to shoot. I'd sh- I mean every I, year. Yeah, every year I I'd every shoot year. that buck. Yeah, you know. I it, mean, I mean it can only get better. From there, you know, yeah, like they, yeah, get, they certainly get much bigger than him, but, oh, man, he's awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. I, he, I, we had so much fun celebrating. Oh, yeah, and deer. luckily when I shot him, it was only, I mean, I don't even know if it was a mile from the, I mean, it might have been like, I think it was like three quarters of a mile I was from the parking lot No, that deer him. was that deer was the total package because we were all together. Somebody finally had some success. It was like... 8.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we went and got breakfast together afterwards. I mean, we just yep. made a day of it. We caught him up later at the barn. Yep. Um, I actually had to head to New Hampshire that night. You guys yeah, finished you did. That's right. Because we, you had to go to New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. So we caped him and we caped him and butchered him just that night. It was also pretty warm out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I got him to the taxidermist there. And yep. He's, getting, he's still, he actually he should be done soon from what I'm hearing, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. But. And it was cool because that was our, th- our uh, third time. My third time, your second time. Yeah, just an area that and we... a brand new honest, piece of ground. And it's so funny. I had, like, this preconceived notion. Like, I'm like, I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to catch one of those bucks today, sneaking through that scrape line, yeah. checking scrapes, checking does. I didn't even make it to the scrape line. No, you know? I know. I had my, it's so funny in the pictures. You can see the seat I have connected to my to my uh, bag and stuff walking <laughs> out. I never even had to sit down on it. But you have to imagine that it was him that was making those crepes in there. One of them, yeah. I don't I think mean, it was like bucks. some happenstance. We caught him cruising through there, and bump, you know, we bumped him with the canoe, and, and he comes right to you. I think he lived up in there. The other thing that that goes to show is, and, and I mean, we've seen this over and over and over again, is how often, I, I mean, in the Adirondacks at least, bucks are betting off of trails, yeah. off of hiking trails. Yeah, definitely. Like, he... I mean, even if he didn't see you guys, he was close enough to hear you guys. Yep. He's better right over top of that, monitoring that every single day, probably. That's probably his main bed right there. I never used to believe it, but the more we've hunted public land, 
I, it's making me a believer. We've just seen everywhere it time we go, dude. It's everywhere. I mean, everywhere we go, we find a bed right yeah. off the trail. I'm not or s- a buck bed. I'm not saying that there's like some tactic to hunt trails for big trophy whitetails, but right. I am telling you that they're they they bed along trails, they travel along the trails, and they certainly monitor the trails for hunter access. One hundred. I mean, one of the bucks. That's why you can kill bucks. On snow because they cross the trails and yeah, they they absolutely. walk along the trails. Well, one of one of the bucks that Brad was talking about earlier that we you know were chasing early on during muzzleloader, mm-hmm. he's notorious for doing that. Like we've caught him doing it a couple times now, and yeah. he's a big mature buck. I mean, this is a buck that multiple people know about all of whom we respect as hunters um, guys that can definitely get it done um, they have the same amount of trail cam data as we do and this buck c- continues for the second season in a row to not be killed <laughs> yeah and he's a giant and uh, everybody yeah. <laughs> knows where he is <laughs> no one and can none of him. us can kill him yeah. and it, it's it's on a very big ch- chunk of public land it's a very you know it's a bunch. There's plenty of mountainous territory there, and um, oh, yeah. just can't seem to catch up. Next with this year, buck. next year we're gonna kill him. One of us out of, out of the people who know about him, who we talk to quite regularly, we're gonna we're gonna kill him next year. I think. I yeah, go and he's he's yeah. basically a trail dwelling buck. He's uh-huh. considering all the places he could be that aren't even close to the trails. He ain't far from them. No, never. I mean, never. And Corey, no. Corey actually saw this buck early on in the season with his mm-hmm. own eyes just kind of get a shot at him. And he was, I don't know, 150 yards off the trail yeah, <laughs> when far. he saw him. Not so far. That just goes to show that. You know, I think another thing to keep in mind, though, is that the trail systems in the Adirondacks do tend to follow the best geolo- uh, geographical features like or right. like topographical features right. in the mountains. So it actually makes sense that deer are oh, yeah, it's not like these. it's not like these They spots. cut through the saddles, it, through the ravines. Let me say this. Where these bucks in particular are betting that we found is still a spot where you would look on the map and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense of why he's there. It's not like he's just oh, yeah, randomly yeah. there. It's not a head scratcher. No, yeah, no. It, yeah. it, may, it makes sense. But, yeah, no, the farther we go and, and adventure in the Adirondacks, we just keep continuously finding this, which I find very interesting because we all want that, like – I, I feel like we all want that buck where we're four miles back. There's mm-hmm. no trails or anything, and yeah. it's so funny. Like, they're right here. I still want that, even knowing oh, yeah. that that's not necessarily the case. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's like the Adirondack experience and adventure, I guess. But. You just picture in your mind that the deeper you go into the woods, like, the, the more they and, get. <laughs> right. They just keep getting bigger and bigger. Which I'm sure they do. I'm sure to an extent. Do. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yep. So that's my buck story. It was uh, it was a good day that I'm not going to forget anytime soon. Um being ingrained in my mind forever and i'm just happy that brad and Corey were there to share it with me because i was thinking there for a moment i was going to be all by myself so <laughs> yeah and and i said that when when i shot my book too i was extremely thankful that it was on a sunday and everybody could be there to enjoy it with me because we'll shoot plenty of bucks over our lives oh, i've yeah. shot a couple already um like on weekdays i had randomly off from work and nobody's around mm-hmm. like it's just you and your deer which is always cool but yeah it, the camaraderie definitely makes it more oh, fun yeah. so I it's mean, great when you can when have brad that. i mean the camaraderie is such a big part for me. Like I was in when Brad had shot his buck, and uh, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but we're probably I don't know if we're gonna do a podcast on Brad's buck or not because we're gonna have a video out here shortly about mm-hmm. it. Um, I was in New Ham- I was driving to New Hampshire when I got a text from Brad's inreach saying that he just shot a slammer. Oh, well, you were driving? At, at I was the driving time? to New oh, Hampshire. I thought you were already there. No, I was driving to New Hampshire, and uh, I texted the guy I was going to film, and I'm like. 
dude, I was like, if you're hunting tomorrow, that's fine. But I'm driving home after we're done filming because I want to go spend time with the boys. Yeah. And he shot them. It, I mean, it's a huge part of it. It's one it of is. the biggest part of it for, for me, honestly. There's no sense in us, like, doing all this stuff in the off season and talking about it as friends and, and, and having all that hype. And then when the season comes and somebody shoots, like, not getting together and enjoying exactly what we've been looking forward to Right. I mean, year. dude, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine – what it would be like for those, and there's guys, plenty of guys out there who are this way, who just hunt by themselves constantly, right? right. Like constantly, just by themselves. Like, there, dude, that takes a whole different mindset to do. Like, if you don't have people to bounce back and forth off of constantly yeah. and reassurance, almost like, sure. hey, just keep going, just keep going. And you're doing that by yourself. I give props to you because that's hard. Yeah, I pick up things from you guys every time that we talk. Yeah, I mean that's know? yeah. And and the other thing too is that we do we do hunt alone in the sense that we hunt alone physically in the woods, right? But yeah, at the end of the day, to just like never have somebody to chat with about it, like I wish everybody would have a good hunting buddy yeah. or hunting buddies. It Absolutely, just makes I couldn't. It so much like more I said, fun. I couldn't imagine not having it. Uh, but actually, when you say that, it makes me uh, think uh, we should talk about kind of what we did late muzzleloader when you and I hunted together. Yeah, that'd be something good to get into because because yeah. we had brought it up last year of how we wanted to do this and with time and stuff this year we honestly as a group didn't hunt together a whole lot this year no we didn't like compared to last year no, we, scheduling we just kind of a didn't have the, the time. time uh so late muzzleloader came and uh brad and i well Corey was there what one Corey was there one of the like half a day kind of right yeah the, it was the first day Corey Corey was pretty tired so yeah all right, we had to do a quick pause there. We had to throw a log on the fire. Um, <laughs> but what we were saying was, uh, towards the end of the end of the season, there late muzzleloader, we because uh, we have that um, camp up in the Adirondacks now that Brad is a part of, I'm a part of, Corey's a part of, and uh, last few days we all got to hunt together. And Brad and I specifically did a lot of hunting together. And uh, I don't even remember what I, if I said it before we paused it or not. But Brad, last year during the podcast, we were talking to Todd Mead about you know hunting as a group and how efficient that could be. And um, Brad and I actually ended up giving that a try. And man, was it a blast the way we were hunting. It was so much fun. We, I mean, Brad and I, even when, I mean, we were just bumping deer all over the place on this property, yeah. really, because there's a ton of deer on there. There's cuts here, and it's it's private property back by state, and I think most of the deer we saw were on the state property when yeah. we were back there. Yeah. Um, but basically what we're doing, and it would have been more efficient with probably like two more guys, um, we're basically mm-hmm. doing still hunt drives towards each other. And what we would do, we would find these smaller mountains because, I mean, there's not that many mountains back there, but the ones we were happened to come across were smaller in size and we would each wrap around one side of the mountain. Like I would, I mean, I don't know where you were going, but I was going like three quarters of the way up basically and just wrapping from there. And, uh, we kept doing it and kept doing it. We're seeing does and does. And I think it was like, it was the second day we had hunted together. We found this one mountain that had just looked like it had good potential. And there's a cut on the, would that be the east side of it? What side is that caught on? Do you know? Um, is this this the day we went in with all the snow, or the day that we the day you saw the buck? No, no, that was the first time I'd ever been in there with you guys. That oh, was, that was the f- that was the that first was the first day. time. That okay, was the first day. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cor- okay, yeah, Corey was there that day. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Anyway. So the cut was the cut would have been on the yeah. Let's just I'm not great my bearings up there yet, but yeah. let's say like on the east side. I of think that it was mountain. I think it's the east side of the mountain, yeah. and that's on private, and then. That turns into public, right? Yeah, that mountain turns into public. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. 
uh, Brad was like, hey, so you go do – you wrap around this side, and I'm just kind of – And I told you just kind of stay down by the swamp down here. Yeah, you said st- stay down by the swamp and then work your way up, and yeah. we'll meet down here on this finger on the other side of the mountain. Yeah. So I'm just going along, going along, and uh, <laughs> Brad actually thought he heard me shoot. Yeah, I could have swore I did. Brad could have sworn he heard me shoot, which I did. Here I am saying I have great ears earlier. I didn't hear Corey that I thought I heard. I'm telling you, I have decent hearing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kind of scooting along and, you know, not seeing any deer. I cut some running tracks. I'm like, oh, that's weird, kind of running back towards Brad. And I get to where we're meeting and no Brad, no Brad. And then what we do, we kept whistling to each other, no, like, where we were. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> yep. And so I wrap around, I find Brad, and I look at Brad's face, and Brad's eyes are about the size of an owl's eyes. <laughs> he's, he's looking at me, and he's like, you just pushed a buck to me. And I'm like, what? And, uh, I mean, I guess you could tell you could tell your your perspective of it. Yeah, that, that we – it was actually a really – it was super cold that day. The leaves mm-hmm. were really crunchy. And uh, I had just run into Corey in the woods, and Corey was kind of tired, so he was just going to kind of, like, kind of work his way back towards the parking lot. And uh, I, I didn't walk too much farther away from Corey. I probably went, um, I don't know, maybe 200 yards. And I just sat down for a little bit. I was going to watch the edge of the swamp. And then I see Orange moving through the bottom of the swamp. Oh, I forgot Bailey. about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bailey. So I walked down to him and we got chit-chat. And we were like, you know, hey, Corey's going to go take a break for a bit. I said, but um, I, I guess I didn't really say this, but we, we kind mutually. of. We mutually yeah. agreed that we both wanted to keep hunting. So, um we both had the same mountain in mind. We're like, well, let's walk over around this swamp. And um, when we get there, you know, you, you stick to the swamp and kind of get around the other side. And I'll meet you on this finger. And we're like looking at the, the map there. And I said, I'll go around the other side and, um, you know, we'll meet on the finger. So so we split up. And uh, I did, didn't know I was going to run into this cut that we were talking about earlier. It was on right. the other side of the mountain. And, man, I step out into this beautiful cut on the other side of this mountain. I mean, I never been to Maine, but boy, I, I thought I was Big Woods Bucks. <laughs> right, like it was it, it beautiful. Does, it looks just like Maine. Oh my there. gosh, it was so opened up compared to what we're used to hunting, oh, and yeah. all these small little beach whips and this growing there. There's like swale grass growing out in it, which you never see, you know, unless you're in yeah. a beaver meadow in the yeah. Adirondacks. And uh, so that was really cool, man. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm uh, friggin' hell blood out here. <laughs> And, uh, so I, you know, I work my way up to the cut and there's this perfect ATV trail it goes way up and it's like going right towards the top of the mountain mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to meet Bailey on. So I'm like, well, ain't this something I'm just going to walk right up this, which we now affectionately call the golden road. Yep. And, uh, so I walk up it and uh, I don't see much for deer tracks in the soft sand, which was kind of, kind of a bummer. I was like, man, if there's a good spot to catch a nice buck track, just to see if bucks cross be right, right through there, here. be right here. And I, there wasn't much going on there, but. So I get to the top of the mountain. I can see the finger, the fingers just uh, down below me. So I'm going to work off this this flat spot on the top of the mountain, and then I'm just going to drop down to the finger, and I'll meet Bailey, and you know, hunts over with. wasn't much to see. And uh, so I start working across that flat, and I'm kind of, you know, as Rodney Elmer would say, I'm kind of flip flopping along, mm-hmm. not really paying attention. And uh, just, you know, my brain's like, look up. I look up, and there's a doe coming right at me. I mean, she is. She is doing mock and this two. Is, this is to, for a date. It's December. This was like, yeah, December. S- I don't want to say the wrong date and have people yeah. like, that wasn't the season. It was whatever whatever it, late muzzleloader yes, is. Yes, there was still yeah. like four or five days left in the muzzleloader It was late. Season. It would be late, very late rut. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, yeah, it would be very late rut, I guess. It, it, would, it would be. Yeah. Like, past the November yeah. rut, everybody pictures. Um. She's just coming right at me. I mean, she's, you know, belly right down to the ground, freaking getting it. And uh, 
I can hear another deer coming, and I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> and here it comes, and it's got a rack. I'm like, oh, yes, it's a buck. <laughs> and uh, so Hammer comes right back on, on the muzzleloader, and my scope on my muzzleloader is down on three power. And he's he's coming right at me, too. He's he's right in the same uh, you know path that she took by me. And he's gonna come by me at like 15 yards. He's got a he's got a beauty rack on him. He's an eight pointer. He's probably about 100 inches, which is you know a slammer buck in the oh, end yeah. of the day. I take that buck every day, and uh, especially because he's a bonus buck for me. I already shot a really oh, yeah. nice buck with a rifle. So, um, and here he comes, and I'm I'm raising the muzzleloader up, and I'm just ah, 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 <laughs> as he's coming by, and you can just imagine how loud this was in leaves oh, as yeah. he's deer. I mean, it was dead quiet too yeah. that day. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, I've never had a deer not stop. You know, yeah, doing that. And mo- every time I've ever had a- done that to a deer, usually they stop or slow down significantly. And I'm just, at eh, at eh, as this deer's run, this buck's bounded by me. And he's kind of torn between watching her, who's still doing Mach 2, and trying to figure out what I am. So he's kind of like loping, like real slow, looking at me, looking at her as he's going by me. And, uh... I just cannot put this buck in the scope. He's so close. And I'm like looking through my scope and he's not in it. I'm looking over top of the scope he's, and he's still right there. And so I'm looking through my scope again and I can't put him in it. And before you know it, like he's got about, he's about 70 yards away. And now the yeah. beach, the beach whips are just making it a mess. Uh-huh. So uh, I've never, I've never had a buck not stop for me. And I've never not been able to put a buck in a scope, but I guess, you know, that, it was the first time for everything. That has to be the most frustrating thing in the world. When you, he's right there. It was. I mean, you said he was what, 30, 30 yards at first, right? 40 yards or something When I like first that? see him, he, yeah, he's 30, 40 yards right in front of me. But as he's loping right in front of me, like on the same path that she just came by me on, I mean, he's got to be 15 yards right in front of me. Do he's th- literally too close. Do you think that? If- oh, and the other thing, like I told you too, was I, of course, I'm catching like a glimpse here or there of him in my scope, right. but I'm not seeing him in my scope. Like I want to put my scope where I want it, pull the trigger. Right. And all I kept thinking in my head is, you only got one shot. You only yeah. got one shot. So mm-hmm. like, don't just blow around down at him and miss. Do you think that if the sun wasn't there and he didn't stop, do you think? Oh, yeah, you that got, was the other thing. Do you think you would have got a shot at him if the I, sun wasn't? It definitely would have. Yeah, it definitely would have helped because I'm on the top of the mountain. We're facing back at the sun, and he's slightly on the elevation above me as he's running by me at that 15 yards. Yeah, and I'm just looking right into the freaking sun. It was just, it was just not meant to be. And it's so funny because we, I go on Facebook later, and there's like three different guys who are like, "The sun is unbearable <laughs> today." Like, it was. I'm, I'm hey, I'm not here to make excuses. Like <laughs> I literally could not put that buck into the scope, yeah. and the sun was right in my freaking eyes. Yeah, that 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 buck had a free pass. Like right, I guys, wish. There's the tip. There's just, the tip of the day, folks. Don't push deer into the sun <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry i'm sick guys i'm just getting over this i keep coughing into this mic but I, it was still an awesome experience it worked out exactly how how we could have even it was yeah. picture perfect honestly the way it, yeah the way it how happened. we wanted to and hey i mean i learned my lesson too like not every buck's gonna stop when you grunt at him i've shot so many bucks with the bow by mm-hmm. giving it to them yeah they and stop, stop and you and drill them and it didn't you know so i was caught off guard that he didn't stop for yeah me. but what i think that um solidified for us is like hey like i mean granted we and we've talked about this a hundred times like we like going and doing our own thing we do we do like I, we all love it's not splitting a selfish up. thing we just hunt alone that's, that's just all. Yeah, yeah we just do it a lot but i think that it, i mean we know that it could be very effective you know we get three or four of us doing that mm-hmm. and even a bigger like that mountain that you and i did and we're like this is way too big for us yes because we ended yes. up doing this the next day as well all day long i saw like 14 deer that day like mm-hmm. All I, what I believe are all does. You saw a pile of deer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it, it could be very effective, especially in a big wood setting like that, when you're just trying to get deer up off their feet just and there's not snow on the ground. Yeah. You know, I think that is something that we can be yeah. effective with in the future. It definitely helped too, that we had both already filled tags so that, you know, that, that pressure was off Yeah, and we were just having fun kicking around the mountains, like meeting around the backside of it. We just kept coming to every mountain and we just split around it mm-hmm. and meet again on the backside. Yeah. That's all a, we were doing. Another cool thing is like this property. So like, Basically, the way I've looked at it is like, oh, this will be like a property that like, you know, we go up there opening day with all the guys and like have our opening day ritual with them. It'll be a cool thing to have. But now that we start hunting, I'm like, this property is awesome, dude. It is like, awesome. And I think all of us agreed on that, especially after we all hunted together. And Corey had been telling us for like yeah. months. He's like, I'm telling you guys, this property is yeah. awesome. So, yeah. And there's a lot of big bucks. It's at the foot of the Adirondacks, so it's not that, you know, more deep, that, that deeper Right. Adirondack feel, right? Um, but I mean, it is certainly the Adirondacks. It's just oh, yeah. not the it's not the deep Adirondack feel. So, and it looks very different because it's not those big, huge mountain ranges mm-hmm. with with the big, long valleys and all that. It's it's a bunch of little small mountains, a couple hills mixed in, like swamps. which we don't usually say. Some there's some swamps, really big man. swamps. There's a couple cuts because there's still some logging activity yep. in Lots there. Lots of moose. So it's really, yeah, there, yeah, there's a ton of moose in there. I saw three one that, that second day we went in there, which I've never that. seen a moose I in the woods. I found that shed. Yeah, you found that paddle. Um, so yeah, so it's you, just cool. It guys, just breaks I'm, it up. You guys will probably hear a lot of stories and see some videos over the next couple of years of us shooting some bucks up there, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure no doubt. And, no and doubt. honestly, I think it's going to be a productive place because, you know, I'm just – I, I, I'm at the point where I'm just burnt out from the farm country stuff. Like I just, I, I can't deal with property lines anymore. I can't deal mm-hmm. with, you know, people stepping over top of you yeah. basically. And it's not even like a selfish thing. It's just, I don't want that. Like, sure. I just don't want that when I'm Well, hunting. how do you go from hunting like something that's, you know, where you killed, uh, your buck this year? Right. Um, how do you go from hunting something that's roughly 27,000 continuous acres mm-hmm. to hunting something that's 105 Dude, acres? It's, it's just impossible. It's impossible. I, I mean, every time I, I got on, you know, farm country land, probably, probably 10 times this year, maybe a little more. And like every time I was up there, I'm just like, I'm just not having that much fun. <laughs> like I really, mm-hmm. it just wasn't that much fun mm-hmm. for me. And I'm like, I just want to be up in the mountains. And I think that's, but that property is going to be perfect for bow hunting. You know, it's funny because too, it's like, just small enough almost to where I think that you could be productive bow hunting there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Versus like, you know, real true big woods. The trail cameras will tell a story. That'll be. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Especially Brad and I found a mega scrape. There. Oh yeah. Hey, the farm country though. It's, it's like so much easier that it's like, you know, you walk onto some of our farm country stuff now and it's like you walk in the woods and there's deer right there and you're like, yeah. Oh come on. Yeah. I haven't seen a a a tail in three weeks in the Adirondacks. I step in the woods up here, there's like four does just yeah. standing there looking at me. I'm like, This is, <laughs> what this is too easy. I actually I, I actually did hunt um the last it was the last two or three days of uh of southern zone muzzleloader on we have a lease here in the farm country that Corey and i got and uh, i hunted up there the last two days and uh there's just deer and, and it's funny because there's no deer in there at all yeah like throughout the entire season and now it's like a good food food right, source for it. so right. they're all there dude there's tracks yeah. everywhere in there i end up seeing a nice buck in there i just kind of get a shot at him <laughs> and, and i mean that was fun but like that's because nothing else is open. I'm not hating on it. I guess I should clarify why I feel that way. I'm not hating on it at all. No. I just crave the grind now. Oh, yeah. And I crave the adventure of going yeah. up into the big yeah. woods. And, I mean, I've we've also said this a million times. I don't, you know, it's not like I look down on anybody who does hunt it. Like, there's a challenge in every, there's a challenge in every place that you could ever hunt. 
you know, for a white yeah. tail. Like, there's always a challenge involved sure. in it. Oh, They're yeah. just different. Sure. And there's definitely a challenge in hunting, you know, farm country. You can go down and hunt the suburbs in New Jersey and find challenges yeah. in it, you know? I just want the challenge of, you know, the big mountains yeah. and the adventure of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. What do we got for time? 38 minutes. Really? It feels like we've been talking forever. I know. Do you have anything else that you think we could add to this? Or Yeah. I, um, oh, I knew, we want, I want to go back to the um, in-reach thing, but yeah. go ahead and say whatever you're going to well, say. I was just going to say that um, I, overall as a group, um, we had we had a good season. We hunted as hard as we've, we probably ever have. Um, I know I personally did not miss a single morning of dragging myself out of bed that I had a day off to go hunting. Yeah. I didn't miss one. Yeah. Never slept in a single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that's, what's fun because that's what it takes to, to be successful in the big woods. And, uh, it was just another good season of us learning things at work, things that we probably won't do again, trying mm-hmm. some new stuff, um, had some awesome laughs and as always, you know, became closer as friends and um it was uh, a good year for adam which was awesome because we've been wanting adam to have a good mm-hmm. a good adam year in the deer woods he's been and, yeah and he did yeah he nice was a, he was the first one to shoot a buck this year yep. um with his bow and then he went out to illinois and shot a really nice buck as well so um Corey didn't end up filling a buck tag this year, <clears throat> but that's okay because after the slammer he shot last year, he can go. And it's out. funny because <laughs> we, when we had Adam Marquette on here, Adam Marquette's like the only deer I, the only time I never shot a deer up in the Adirondacks was the year I had my daughter. Yeah. And hey, and I that's a good point, dude. Corey, yeah. Corey had his son uh, this year, and he was just super busy with him. Sure. And I mean, it, it was all over Corey's face all season. He was just—he was a tired dad, man. Dude, he, and he was just trying so hard to be out there with us. But you could just tell he wasn't himself. The baby not sleeping at all, yeah, and being up all night—that yeah. like, makes it. And tough. he was trying, man. Oh yeah, he was absolutely out there with us when he could be. And that kid's lucky he's cute because he cries an awful I know. lot. <laughs> so basically, what we're trying to say is Corey's probably brewing up a slammer next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I expect a giant to come out of Corey next year. Probably going to be the one we the were talking could, about earlier. Kid could step into a one-acre piece of woods and find a 180-inch buck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, I agree with all that. It was I mean, the little time that I did get to hunt, um, it was it was awesome. It was everything I could ask for. And it's so funny because, I like, before the season started, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't bumming necessarily because I was really looking forward to the internship, and I'm just completely blessed I even got the internship. Um, but, like, there was a part of me, I'm like, man, I'm going to be, like, brewing all year. Like, I just want to kill an Adirondack buck so mm-hmm. bad. And it's mm-hmm. like, it works out to where I go out that one day and kill my Adirondack buck yep. where last year you I, you never know. know how it's going to work yeah, out. Yeah, last year I spent pff, every waking second I had up in the mountains, mm-hmm. never connected with a buck. And then this year it just happens like that. So right. it's funny. It's funny how that works out. But um, And now we find ourselves, you know, looking at whatever it's going to be. I don't know, 10 10 months of yeah yeah we have thinking uh, about it till next time yeah at least like i mean like we always say we got the turkey season and break it up a little bit and we'll be doing some travel hopefully we'll be doing some traveling uh we'll go back down to virginia for that and oh hell yeah yeah we'll go back down to virginia hell yeah we're going down to virginia yeah, brother yeah go kill another road runner or <laughs> the, another nappy point bully bird little southern hospitality <laughs> yeah uh, so that'll be something to look forward to but there's in the back of your mind, you're always looking forward to deer season, anyways. Uh, you know, every time turkey season comes around, you're like, I'm I'm infatuated for like the months of April and May for mm-hmm. the most part. But I just, I freaking love deer hunting, man. <sighs> it just, 
it just does it for me. I mean, when I'm turkey hunting, I'm constantly looking for sheds and signs. So, like, <laughs> yeah. if that says anything, when I'm deer hunting, I'll see. Maybe I'm looking for scratching. Yeah. Maybe I and see even, scratching. Even when we turkey hunt up there in the spring, like, it doesn't have the same vibe to me no. being up there. Like, the mountains in the fall and stuff are just a totally and, different And I think field. a lot of it is because when we do hunt up there is, like, we're basically hunting off the road yeah, when we're up yeah. there. We're not traveling great distances back mm-hmm. in the mountain, which, I mean... I I am I am intrigued to what kind of birds are living four miles back in the mountains. You go find out for me because <laughs> I, mean, I know I where had, they definitely are. I mean, I had that camera. And, yeah. I mean, I guess this isn't too terribly far, but that one was probably a mile back that I got. Yeah, that's not bad. No, not too bad. But anyways, uh, the last thing that I wanted to touch on was the in reaches. Mm-hmm. So I have never had an in reach, and Brad and Corey have always had an in reach. Um, we have the well, inReach Explorers. You have the inReach Explorers, and I have mm-hmm. the Mini, yep. which, I mean, they, they do the same thing. Honestly, your phone makes it do the same thing mm-hmm. because you get the apps or whatever. Um, and what a difference they make because if Brad didn't have that when he killed his buck. Screwed. But he, he's up there all alone, and right. we're not I could have dragged the buck out myself, I mean, but it was really freaking helpful to have Corey Yeah, there. absolutely. And if I had one when I had my buck. It would be no problem. Like I could have just texted you guys that are running up the mountain to get it. I just think that if you got, if there are people out there who are consistently in the mountains, whether that's you know camping, hiking, scouting, mm-hmm. hunting, whatever you're doing, those things are 100% worth it. I mean, I think like the cheapest plan you get for them is what? I think it's like 30 bucks, 30 bucks or something like mm-hmm. that. I just buy the unlimited just so I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But like. I got talking to, well, it really made me think of it when we were with, uh, you know, Zach Fairball and John and mm-hmm. all of them up in the Adirondacks. I don't know if anyone's seen this video or not. I'm sure you have if you watch THP, but Zach buries his truck yeah, on a road back in the middle of nowhere, basically. Like, if that guy didn't pull up on his side-by-side and none of us were there. Sure. And, I mean, that could have been any one of us. Yeah. Like, what, do, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, you're walking. I mean, and it's a complete blizzard. Right. At this point, what are you going to do? Well, just the little things, too. Like, when you shot your buck, if you hadn't got us on the radio, we would have gone and hunted, me and Corey, for the next six, seven hours that day, and you would have shot your buck six hours ago. Right. You know, you would have been back to your car, left and gone, and we would have gotten out at the end of the right. day, and then you would have told us through cell service. And then I just hear, like, all these other stories, like, actually one that, uh, was it was it John Moulton? Is that who hurt his leg? Yeah. Yeah, John Moulton. Yeah. Um, I don't know him personally. I just, you know, follow him on Facebook or whatever. Right. And uh, I just get thinking about him. Like, obviously, I guess he had service or whatever when he had his accident, but, like, that could happen to anybody at any time. And yeah. I want something. I'm. It, it's just like a security blanket. Like sure. now when I'm walking around in the woods, not that I'm not being careful to begin with, yep. but it just gives me like that extra, like, like if I get into a sticky situation, like I'm going to have help getting out of here. Where Definitely. before dude, like when I didn't have that, I was like, well, there was some times when I'm like, go, like uh, when I was in Vermont, for uh-huh. example, uh-huh. I didn't have my, I didn't have an inreach at that time. And I'm going down. I mean, basically cliffs chasing these deer and i I, that's a whole nother story in itself i guess Mm -hmm. i was on a pretty pretty good sized track all day whatever so they're bringing me down through these cliffs and uh all i'm thinking is i have no service right now i was like the nearest road is probably two three miles away yeah i'm like if i fall in these cliffs right now what am i gonna do right like I, I, there was one point where I was like, I'm thinking about turning around right now because I don't, sure. I don't want to put myself in that predicament. Yeah. But like with that in reach, 
again, not that I'm being careless or like putting myself in situations, but like if I did happen to fall, like A, it has the SOS button, mm-hmm. and B, I could just send someone a text, and it sends my coordinates with it. Yeah, dude, you have to consider it because even even the most sure-footed people, the whole point is that you never know when you're gonna get hurt. You can yeah. go your whole life without breaking a bone. It doesn't mean at some point you won't. If everybody could anticipate when you're going to get injured, then nobody would ever get injured. Right. It's it's times like those where five minutes after you having that thought, dude, you could have slipped on a slippery rock and gone down the mountain yeah. for all you knew. Like, I, I guess I guess where I'm going with this is for everyone who does hunt up in the mountains or do whatever, you know, go do backcountry stuff like that. Three hundred bucks can be save your life. So yeah. it's something that everyone I think should look into, and I yep. should have had it all along. Yeah, just being able to communicate with loved ones when you're in camp or getting people on the horn or just we communicate in the woods sometimes with yeah. it. Like, you know, hey, oh, yeah. I'll meet you back at the truck at 5 o'clock. Yeah. I can't get you on the or radio. Or like when we were hunting and I said I've been sitting by a fire for the past hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and just to like clarify too, like it does connect. I, I know you've already said it, but it connects to the Bluetooth on your phone and you're literally using your phone via the satellite. So if mm-hmm. you can use your smartphone, you can use these GPSs and it's equally as convenient. You're not trying to like type in a, a three-word message on your GPS using, like, the up-down arrows. Mm-hmm. You can connect it to your phone and text message like you normally would. Right, and if anyone has been looking into them and uh, is, like, I know I know when I got the Mini, you said the only thing is the battery life mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your guy's battery, what, can last? It should, it should realistically last. Yours battery should probably last, like, one to two days, depending on how cold it is and how often you're using right. it. And ours should last four to five days. So... I hunted for three days straight. I, well, in that period of time when we're hunting late muzzleloader, mm-hmm. I hunted for like six days straight. But three of the days, I that's when I had just got it. And, I mean, I hunted for eight hours each day, probably six mm-hmm. hours, something like that, and had it on the whole time. And I, I I actually still haven't charged it, and it's at 91% still. That's awesome. And that's the mini. That's awesome. That's the and, mini. And I'm not saying those stats from, like, uh, I don't have them right here in front of me. You might be looking at Garmin. They actually, right. maybe they should both last a little bit longer. But I know when me and Corey got the Explorers at the time, we bought them because people were saying that if you're going to hunt out of camps where you're not going to be able to recharge them, you better get ones with the bigger batteries. Right. So yeah. And we've actually, all had good I mean, experiences. They've, and they've helped us many times. Yes. Many times. Even, like, that when that guy was, you know, that guy was shooting. When we were up at our tent camp and that guy yeah, was yeah. shooting because he was lost up there. Yeah. And we to be able to message anybody but because Corey had his in reach he had he messaged a dc officer and got a hold of him yeah and let him know yeah. whether i mean i don't know whatever happened to that guy i'm sure he got out because we didn't hear anything yeah, nothing about good it, but... comes from multiple gunshots at like 12 o'clock at night yeah so, no absolutely in not. the mountains <laughs> so hopefully that helps somebody and yeah. hopefully that you people maybe think about getting one because it really could save you in a mm-hmm. sticky situation it's a big price up front depending on which one you get i mean neither one of them's cheap but yeah. one of them is particularly more expensive than the other but um i don't regret it i'd buy another one tomorrow oh yeah i'd yep. buy a more expensive one tomorrow yep absolutely so. so i think that'll probably wrap it up for today we'll keep it short until you know we have the whole group with us but hopefully this gets the ball rolling on the podcast again um because like i've said a billion times like this year just hadn't really worked out for us because i was so busy and everyone else was so busy um but we do have a couple videos coming um we scrounged up a a couple like after after the kill videos I think will turn out pretty cool and I'm going to get to editing those pretty soon so hope you guys enjoyed that one and uh, we'll catch you next time so thanks for listening and as always go give us a follow on Instagram Facebook YouTube all under Adirondack Bucks and Beyond <laughs>